0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, we answer fitness and health questions. We talk about exercises, best exercises. We talk about how to train the body, become fit. But in the intro portion of this episode, we talk about current events, News articles, scientific studies, talk about our lives, and we do mention our sponsors. Here's what went on in today's episode. First off, we start talking about uh, Adam's net worth. (laughs) So apparently there's a website that He's hiding something from us. That listed Adam's net worth, totally inaccurate, but it was absolutely hilarious. Then he talked about how he played basketball with a twelve year old and just hooped all over him. Super braggadocious about it. I don't know if that's get out of the house. (laughs) I talked about Lent. Uh, as of the recording of this episode, Lent is starting. Um, and if you're not religious, there's a lot of value in practicing detachment. So that was a really good conversation. Then we talked about weighted stretching and how it may improve your results or get you to build muscle faster. Then we talked about the Utah bill that decriminalized polygamy finally all right you hear that honey (laughs) justin talked about moving to utah his last improv classes i talked about using a hand gripper in the studio to help me pay attention because i have add uh we talked about uh the uh, macro comparison between so macros are proteins fats carbohydrates uh, and then of course calories we compared Fruit Loops, uh, you know, the sugary cereal that is terrible yeah, for you. Can Sam. To Magic Spoon, which tastes just like uh, Fruit Loops or very close to Fruit Loops, but has a much better macronutrient profile. No sugar, tons of protein, whey protein, good quality protein. It's a great product. We work with Magic Spoon. Again, they make these mm. really delicious cereals that have phenomenal protein content. No sugar, uh, great macronutrient uh, uh, profile. This is the way. Here's how you get a discount because we do have a Mind Pump discount if you want to try out Magic Spoon. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash Mind Pump. You'll automatically get a great discount uh, plus free shipping. By the way, there's a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it, You'll get a full refund. By the way, don't forget to use the code Mm. MINDPUMP. You will be happy, though. Then I talked about plant proteins, and if you're going to use vegan proteins, let's say you have an intolerance to whey or dairy like I do, uh, but you want to use plant proteins, you want to go with a blend. It gives you a better amino acid profile, and it's much more effective. And, of course, our favorite protein blend that's, that's a vegan protein is Organifi. It's also organic. This is a company we've been working with for a long time. Uh, very reputable, great supplements. Again, they have a great vegan protein powder. If you want to use the Mind Pump discount, do this. Go to Organifi. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump for a full 20% off. Then we talked about how I am going to be uh, signing a book deal to write a book representing Mind Pump. That's kind of Scary and exciting at the same time. I'm pumped. And then we talked about the Astros and how they are now paying the price for cheating uh, in the sport of baseball. (laughs) Uh, Then we got into the, the questions. Here was the first one. This person says, look, how do you use supersets? Supersets are, you might have heard us talk about them. They're in a lot of our programs like Maps Split. Uh, what are supersets? Why are they valuable? What are the best muscle groups to apply them to? Super. The next question, this person says, uh, how do I take advantage of using different angles when I'm lifting? So what's the value of changing angles and exercises and when should I do that? The next question, this person says, what are your favorite exercises to increase your sense of balance? So if you want to improve your balance, we talk a little bit about how to do that. And the final question, this person says, what are some things that people in their 20s need to hear about when it comes to training and nutrition? So if you're in your 20s uh, and you you think you know it all, uh, you don't, we help Which is a common you. thought. No, we, we try yeah. to help you out with things that we think are valuable to people in your age group. Also, 48 hours left for our massive MAPS split program discounts, 50% off. Now, MAP Split is a, an advanced workout program. It's six days a week in the gym, extremely effective. It is a spotty part split routine done the right way. The program comes with exercise demos. We tell you exactly what to do, follow the different uh, phases. You're going to get great results. Again, it's advanced. If you like to go to the gym a lot, you'll love this program. It's half off, okay? You have 48 hours left here's how you get that 50% off discount. Go to mapssplit.com. That's M-A-P-S-S-P-L-I-T.com and use the code SPLIT50. That's split i t five zero, No space for that discount.
2: Dude, I I got—I gotta tell you guys something. So Courtney was filling out some paperwork, and they were asking for like business information for my business, and so she went down uh, the Google rabbit hole of trying to see if we had like a an actual phone number that that she could put down for us, and uh, this kind of led in a direction of like all these different links, and and there was this one link on there that was like. Basically, it was like Adam's net worth and like celebrity My? info. Yes,
1: yeah, it's Adam- you specifically. <laughs> I looked not it, us, it up. You. I looked it up. Justin told me it says Adam Schaefer's net worth. What? Yes. Yeah, dude, that's online. Yeah. So we we have something we want to talk to you about. Yeah, we do. We get okay. we have some information we need. Yeah, because
3: if it's true, well, dude, pull this
1: up. Let me see, Doug. What yeah, are you yeah, not yeah, telling yeah, yeah. us, bro. What do I? What do you search? It says it's first off. It says your net worth is thirty six million dollars.
2: Thirty six million dollars.
1: <laughs> thirty six million. Yeah. I was like, man, that's
3: <laughs> a little bit. An exaggeration dude
1: adam's <laughs> been
2: closing <laughs> deals left and right we have not been keeping track so look, look let there. me see let me see oh, I'm like
1: uh, exp- it's got some it's, some information is accurate it says you have yeah. one sister which is that's you do right. but not <laughs> you have more than one sister right.
3: what is it my birth sign's wrong it says you're yeah. 35 let's see if is, there's any of my birth dates wrong oh who does is anything right here let's see who it's
1: nothing look at the net worth what does it say there doug i'm just like who. Oh, it says one to five million Oh, it says, I I saw another one that said 36 million. Oh, yeah, that's the wrong one. There was wow. one
2: that was like, yeah, it was, and it had more accurate information about like where you're located, like Katrina, like all, everybody was in there. Oh, dude, that's so weird. And then, so I was just like, Who, who's putting this out there? And also, is this true?
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I like the well, so I'm ad- questioning you? <laughs> I like the ads
1: at the bottom. Look at the ads at the bottom. you all
3: ass pics. Yeah, there's a picture of like- the... so, so you ph- know it's legit. Ph- yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Photos Adam's liked the
1: most, right? Yeah, I'm like, this is likely. Uh, yes, this is this uh, an Adam picture. Th- stuff Adam's into- yeah. Yes. Don't click those links, Doug. Oh man! Oh my God! How crazy! It's just so funny, dude. It's like you never know what you find online, dude. Basically, what it is is someone who listened to the show, gathered information, and then guessed yeah. on the route. Ra- they filled in the holes. You know what I'm saying? So he, like, Adam, yeah. he's probably really
3: bad, though. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean the, the month of my birthday is wrong. The year is wrong. Look at that! A yeah. bunch of stuff on my. Click network. on that.
1: Click on fuck? that one right there. Oh yeah, it oh, hey. oh, looks hey, your, look your picture, man. I mean, it's legit. How much does it say there, Doug? Four million. I think it said four. Well, that's a lot of Organifi ads. Look at Organifi, huh? No, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Look (laughs) at scroll down. Look at that. (laughs) That's great. Oh, oh, want to know how much money
3: Adam makes? Check out Organifi.
1: Well, at least this one's got pictures of dudes without their shirts on. Yeah, it's a little more accurate. Now we're getting hot. (laughs) Wow, getting hot. Wow, look at all these. Yeah, isn't that weird? That is weird. You know what? I looked, it's all celeb you, dude. not me and Sal. What, what does is, that one say? How, does that, how much does that one oh, say? a little oh, video of me. There's a video when you were shredding. Have
3: you seen this video right here? I have. That's actually uh, my first placement right there.
1: You know, that video, I, but when, before you and I started talking- I guy was
3: like doting on
1: you. Yeah. Was he interviewing you? <laughs> no, no, no. Before, oh. before we ever talked about starting Mind Pump, when you and I were just talking through social media and when I sent you maps or whatever. Oh, see, yeah. this one's a little- This one says your net worth- It's a big range, this right? This says yeah. 100 grand. Holy- <laughs> 100 grand <laughs> (laughs) One million, like somewhere in there. Yeah. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, pretty much. But but that video of you getting interviewed after your first, what was that, your first pro win? Yeah. Is that what? No, no, no. That's before. That's That's what got you to be pro. Yeah. Well,
3: that's what got me qualified to go to nationals. So uh, as an amateur, you have to take top three to go to nationals. From nationals, you have to take top two to go pro. So that was actually my first, first place win. As an amateur,
1: okay. So I before you and I got on the phone and all that, and we were talking through social media. That video closed me on sending you. I forgot about this, by the way. I Totally forgot about this. That video closed me on sending you maps. to Oh have you no, reviewed. kidding! Yes, because I, you know, we have a lot of mutual friends, and they, they would I would always hear about you, and they would always say you got to meet them. You guys would be work great together. So I found that video and I watched it and you, the way you talked and the way you presented yourself, I was like, Oh, I see what they're talking about. And then I sent you the, then you got all competitive and you're like, I have better lats. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't, but you know what?
3: (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, so funny. You're bringing this up right now. So yesterday, uh, I don't know if you guys saw my story. I was, I was playing basketball, um, uh, at the park oh
1: the one the one with you with your with your son? Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. can you please bring him in? Yeah, well, he's he's got uh, he's got basketball he's too cute. I yeah. can't even do yeah. this yeah. anymore. <laughs> so, yeah.
3: I'm at I'm at the park I'm playing basketball. Uh Katrina comes down and uh you know this is how this is how i'm starting to indoctrinate him right i'm having him just see me play I like ball. How
1: you, and you're accurate with what you're calling it yeah, Indoctrination. <laughs> yes, it <is. laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? like the, the brain yeah starts. i'm not gonna
3: force it on him yeah. we're telling him he has to play he's just gonna see a lot of them we come back home yeah. we watch freaking the the warriors play later on that night you know so this we is got a jersey yeah, coming in yeah. yeah yeah so this is this is how my me hoping that he's gonna want to play basketball but anyways <clears throat> i'm playing katrina comes down Shoots little hoops with me and then t- uh, takes him off, and uh, I'm by myself. And then up walks this like this little kid all by himself, carrying his ball. It looks like it's his grandma sitting over at the picnic bench to watch him. And he's like, "Can I? Can I play with you?" How old um, is he? Uh, twelve. Okay, so he's twelve you years. old. You didn't let him beat you in front of your son, right? <laughs> yeah, so he's like, he's like, yeah, can we play? Some? He actually asked me to play one on one. He goes, "Can we play some one on one?" And I'm like, "Okay." Just swatting. Him. Yeah, yeah goes, get totally. Like, get out out get my house. d'ing him up hard. Dude. <laughs> I totally try harder. Totally whooped up on this kid. No, the the funny part was, uh, great, great little Muslim kid. He's telling me all about his religion, telling me about his parents, his his brother, his uh, his sister, and I mean, just a motor mouth. This kid's talking like crazy to me, right? We're just probably a good half hour, forty five minutes. We're hanging out and playing basketball (laughs) together, and I'm getting ready to leave. And he goes, "What was your name again? Are you are you on social media?" And I go. I'm actually a social media star. I'm a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: didn't say it like I that. Did, I <laughs>
3: swear to God, I did. Yes, I did. I just wanted to, I just wanted to see what this guy I go, I'm a social media star. <laughs> social he goes, media star. He goes, what? Are you serious? I go, yeah, no, I'm serious. He's like, how many followers do you have? So here comes, after uh, I said that, like now I have to prove everything. That's the currency right Oh, there, yeah, dude. Yeah. So I he asked me, how many followers on Instagram I had? How many people comment on that? Do I have uh, a YouTube channel? Wow. How, yeah. How many people are on my YouTube channel? How much money do I make? How many cars do I drive? Yeah. He wanted to know all this. How super- many sponsors
1: <laughs> you have, like, yeah. bro? This is a future little <laughs> champion. It sounds <laughs> wow. like he but, had the guts to go up to an adult man, ask him to play basketball, and then he's asking yeah. all these questions. Oh, he like business related questions. Oh, I like this kid.
3: Yeah, he was. He, I mean, I uh, he'd ask how many cars. I'd say how many cars I had. Then he'd be like, "Which ones? Tell me." <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, what, I get all like stuttery, like. uh. Um, that's awesome oh it's hilarious dude. that's fun dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i
1: like that i like seeing kids that are not afraid to mm-hmm. to to talk to adults and ask questions like that you
3: know oh no I mean? he and he did he pressured yeah. me to follow too he's like will you follow me back if i follow you and i'm like yes, no he, he did yes he did oh. I, swear, I swear to god oh, champion. i lost a little credibility though when he asked if i had tiktok and i said no uh, he's like oh
2: Oh, you lost it! <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny.
3: I got yeah, I got shamed for that before because I was like
2: trying to get trying it out, and some kid was like, "Oh, you're on TikTok, <laughs> lame." <laughs> it's like, I'm like, really? Too, too I thought old. You guys were into this? Yeah, yeah it's
3: like that's like, so funny. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why
2: I won't get you're, on there. This isn't for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, <laughs> okay. So
1: you guys know, you guys know today, as of the recording of this episode, it's the first day of uh, Lent. Today, oh, is that going on right today's now? Today's when Lent starts. Um, and uh, what are it, you going to be what, practicing it? I am now. It's uh, this is what's interesting about it. So, um, regardless of whether or not you're Catholic or Christian or religious, uh, I think it's it's a very interesting and important practice. I know people to, that participate in it that are not. I, yeah, I, because it's so valuable. Yeah, I agree. like if you look at all the religions in the world and all the different cultures, the the wise people they all talk about uh, detachment at some form. And that's what Lent is kind of about, right? So forget the religious aspect. Find something that you feel attached to. And how do you know you're attached to something? If it, if it makes you cringe to think about avoiding it for 40 days, right? So if you think, like, if I tell you, like, hey, no coffee for 40 days, and you go, oh, no, I can't do that, that's probably the thing you should, you should detach from or Why whatever. are you pointing at me, dude? No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> a little sideways. <laughs> But well, I mean, in reality,
3: I, I don't think there's uh, anybody who can honestly say there's not something that they should probably uh, scale back on, whether sure. it's caffeine or Earphone, drugs or cigarettes or right. phone or television. Sugar or, yeah. or whatever.
1: So my kids, you know, and it's I, I talked to, talk to my kids about this, and I was so proud of my kids for picking things that I know would be difficult for them. Because in the past, like maybe two years ago or whatever, I would tell my kids, hey, what do you want to give up for Lent? And my kids would say something Vegetables. like Vegetables. Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you little shits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to run anymore. You know, something stupid like that. Are you yeah. already run. But this time, they were really good. So my daughter gave up uh, rice. She loves white rice. So she's like, I'm not going to, because she, she's understanding now the whole attachment thing. Like, okay, I'm going to detach from it. Yeah. My son says he's going to go to bed at 9 o'clock at night every single night, which I'm. Wow. I, yeah, we'll see. If he, yeah. if, he, if he succeeds at that. Well, he just like gets home at like six or seven, right? So he only has like a
2: few hours. He's a say. night owl too. The kid yeah. loves
1: to, he hates going to sleep, but That's he said, crazy. he said he's going to give up, uh, you know, he's going to go to bed early. So I was just thinking about what a, what a remarkable practice. I think everybody should do something like that. Again, forget the religious aspect of it, but detach from something, you know, you have, you're, you're attached to. And just do it for, you know, whatever, 30 days, 40 days, whatever. And then watch the growth that, you know, comes out of that. I think it's a really, really good practice. Oh, I think you, w- yeah. one of the
3: things you start to realize, I, I mean, and I try and practice something similar. Uh, and I, just, I do it just whenever I feel like- I've it, seen you do
1: this. Yeah, yep. right?
3: It, it, if anything gets a hold of me. I don't have like a certain set days. It's not called Lent. It's not 40 days. It's, it's like, you know, I, I try and challenge myself to be self-aware. And when I catch myself- Doing something habitually that I know is not serving my body uh, or serving me period. Uh, I try my best to like, okay, like I'm not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. and just it's not because I'm demonizing it because I, I don't think there's value to it or, or that it's you know anything like that. It's just simply I want to be in control at all times and I don't ever want anything in my life to feel like like it owns you. yes. and so I, I think it's a very important practice, and I think more people, uh, should do something like this, and and I think it's unfortunate that uh, we just dismiss stuff because it's attached to religion, and so it's like, oh, God, it's religion, Uh you know. So it's wrong. So fuck it, don't do it for religious purposes. You know, become self aware as a person enough to recognize that there's certain things in your life that you allow to get a hold of you, and you know when you and the, what's amazing is when you do start to cut it off or detach from it for a little bit. You realize, like, oh wow, what a grasp it had, and then all of a sudden you notice, like, oh wow, I have better relationships oh, with people, yeah. or it frees up this, it's, or
1: it's also super empowering because when you feel like something has a grasp of you, and then you say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut this out. Ooh, this is gonna be challenging, but then you succeed at doing it. You feel very empowered and confident. You feel like you're far more powerful. Like okay, I right. can do
2: like it had some sort of control over
1: you. That's that's why it's part of every spiritual practice. That's a hundred every spiritual practice, every major spiritual practice, whether it's Buddhism, Islam, uh, you know, Judaism, Christianity, even the the smaller you know less popular spiritual practices. They all talk about detachment because there's a that spiritual power that comes from detaching from material things. So you could say something like uh, no TV. For thirty days, like if you're listening right now, and and I say to you, try cutting TV out for thirty right. days, and you get this feeling inside of you, like no way,
2: just don't cut out podcasts. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that's what am, I, what am I doing? We want our <laughs> downloads, guys. <laughs> Terrible, yeah. but you get the point And it's a very, uh, it's a very good practice to have. What's the carryover to fitness and to nutrition? Well, it's a huge carryover because part of fitness and nutrition success is altering your behaviors and being able to change things that you that have a little bit of power over you you know it's it's funny whenever i would train a client and i would look at their nutrition and you could tell which foods had power over them cuz i would suggest like hey maybe we should cut the bagel out that you have every morning and you'd see the look on their face like i have a bagel every single morning yeah. i can't do that <laughs> and then you realize it's there's there's a there's a stronger connection and attachment here mm-hmm. and okay we won't do that just yet but i'm going to mark that down because this is something that we may want to kind of revisit and then when they're able to do that uh moving forward just the behavioral changes that you can incorporate oh man it's, it's it's amazing so i was just thinking about that this morning like you know everybody should should think about practicing some form of detachment regardless of you know religious affiliations or Agreed. not Agreed. yeah anyway another thing too uh this morning have you guys ever incorporated um intraset or intra workout weighted stretching yeah in your routines you have What's yeah. your experience with it? No, I haven't.
3: Um, I, I see I get a big pump from it, uh, but I haven't done it long enough to be able to say, okay, I noticed these great changes like where I saw you know, major growth or I saw a, a huge strength gains from it. But I do notice uh, the pump in the workout. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do notice that. Uh, and maybe, uh, my experience at least, uh, less sore. Hmm. Um, and I don't know what, what if that is from the, the stretching portion of that, but I, I noticed a little bit better pumps, and I noticed that I get probably less sore from it. But. So
1: I know Pekulski was a big yes. uh, proponent of it, Yes, um, and there's other, other bodybuilder, smart bodybuilders that talk about it, and I respect Pekulski. He's always got really, really good information. He's he's one of the smartest uh, pro bodybuilders I've ever met. I've also read studies in the past on weighted stretching, and what they'll do is they'll do set. So what weighted stretching basically is is Let's say I'm working out my chest that day Um, in between exercises or even at the end of my workout when I'm done with my chest, I'll get like, let's say normally I do chest flies with 45 pounds, 45 pound dumbbells. I'll take 25 pound dumbbells. So I don't want to go as heavy as I do when I work out because it's too Mm. much, but I'll go 25 pound dumbbells and then I'll let them bring my arms down on the fly and I'll sit in that stretched. Weighted stretched uh, position. And you still
2: have to resist it, so you
1: are like creating tension a, a little bit, right? A little bit. Oh yeah. I'm letting it stretch me, but I'm not like completely relaxed, as in my arms will flop or whatever. Yeah. I'm but one, it, 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 it. but it's holding me in the stretch position for about thirty seconds. Mm. So that's kind of how you do it. And studies will show that when you incorporate that in your routine, your gains are better. You build more muscle. So, it, it, it adds more hypertrophy. I mean I,
3: I mean, I have a theory on that. Hmm. I think that, uh, and I think the reason why we probably see why the studies show this is I really feel like very few people put a lot of emphasis on the isometric portion of an exercise. Yeah. We talk all about eccentric and concentric, so the positive and the negative of an exercise, very few people put any sort of uh, energy towards uh, isometric exercises. So I think programming that in itself would show probably similar or as pretty close to the same benefits as the interest. So I think they've, Found a crazy a, a creative way to program it and add some weight in there to help yeah, people. You're gaining more strength and in range that way by by <clears throat> creating
2: this isometric tension. I, it's interesting. I don't know if like extrinsic is is a word or not, but like I think of it in terms of like creating tension to kind of like like intrinsic tension you, you produce versus this is like an outside stimulus that's like placing you in that position that you're fighting the resistance like against
1: it. Yeah, those are really good observations. I would agree on that because if you Think about when people do apply isometric, uh, you know, uh, contractions in their programming. They typically apply it to the to the contraction to the shortened position. Right. That's more common, right? So someone would say, "Oh, at the end of my chest workout, I'll squeeze my pecs as hard as I can and hold that for you know right. 15 seconds." Rarely does anybody say, "I hold in a deep weighted stretch for 30 seconds." So I, I would agree. I think it, it it probably is. And I I started incorporating it uh, this morning. And so it's too soon for me to really tell, Mm -hmm. but a hundred percent, the pump, I get a massive pump from doing it.
3: I noticed the pump right away. But I mean, the other thing is too, so not only are you, uh, you're getting the benefits from uh, programming isometrics, which very few people do anyways, you're also programming it, like you said, in the stretch position, which we know that's the weakest point. Mm -hmm. So probably has the... Uh, greatest opportunity for growth and change. Yes. Right? Yes. If you're really good at uh, strength training, you've been lifting weights for a really long time. Uh, in the uh, the fully contracted position, you're probably you know in the upper upper part of your potential because you're always lifting and fully contracting. Right. But how often do you isometrically hold in a fully stretched position? And you've expanded your strength curve, right? Yeah. You probably rarely ever do that, so you're getting the benefits of isometrics. And then you, in a top, on top of that, you're also addressing the weakest part uh, of the movement uh, through isometrics. I think that that's where we're getting this, where the studies are starting to show like the, the yeah. benefits. And of
1: the and then the Soviets, the Soviets were big on this. The Soviets talked about this uh, this benefit. There was one uh, study in particular done on birds. Uh, that was inc- incredible where they had a bird where they did a weighted uh, like stretch across the, mm-hmm. the, the pec that. muscle of that. the bird or whatever. And it just kept it there. You know, I don't remember for how long and the hypertrophy that the bird saw on that wing uh, was exceptional. And then they started applying it to athletes. And really the, the idea behind it is it's, you're not, you you're, you're, as you're holding the stretch for 30 seconds you're finding that it gets deeper mm-hmm. and deeper and deeper while you hold and it's painful it's not a, a fun feeling to hold that type of a stretch for you know for for 30 seconds the pump is incredible here's the other part of it that i like if in terms of in, increasing range of motion flexibility it's also a great time to do that one of the best ways to apply static stretching in my opinion at the end of a workout you know that's what we have in, in maps prime right where we don't recommend static stretching before you work out, but at the end, when the muscle's pumped, go ahead and throw a a long static stretch on the muscle. Get more of a range of motion, and then you get some of these these muscle building effects. So I'm, I started doing it. I'll let you guys know. You know what I get from it because I'm gonna start doing it on a on a we regular a good, basis. We did good. I
3: think we did a good YouTube video with Ben on this. We did. Okay, I thought yeah, so.
1: Yeah, he talked about it in in actually one of our more, one of our more popular videos. So uh, you'll find yeah, it yeah, it. he did it with yeah, a be and, cool and to experiment.
3: With I that. went on a little kick for a while where I was doing it. I like, like I said, I'd noticed the pump from it. I thought maybe it was helping recovery. But my my theory on it probably increasing strength is simply like I'd be interested to see if I really if I were to program just purely isometric stuff in there and especially in the stretch position to your programming I think that would show benefits for most people.
1: Yeah, I I would totally agree. But it's not nearly as important as like your programming, your extra you know the exercises you pick. It reminds me of like BFR. You know, there's value there too. Why don't I always do it? Because it's a little bit of value. Yeah. You know, it's not as valuable as me making sure I do the right exercises, the right form. 100%. You know, all that other stuff. Anyway, did you guys see the the bill that Utah just passed? No. I didn't. You didn't see that? So they they just decriminalized uh, polygamy. What? what? Yeah, so it's decriminalized now. So they had laws. I didn't even know it was actually. I
2: didn't know it was. Well, against yeah, the law. that's why like a lot of the families moved down to Mexico, right? I don't know. I yeah, don't know about that. I remember seeing like a, you know when I was in that like cult uh, watch sort of uh, mentality. And I was like, <laughs> you I was paused like, there for a while yeah. when I was in that cult. I was not <laughs> actually in the cult. Yeah, I was watching <laughs> the, out for them. Like, what, the what are all the cults yeah, yeah. out there? I need to be aware of. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. There was one that uh, was definitely like a whole. Uh, I don't know if it was two or three families moved down to to Mexico, and they're actually having problems because the the cartels, um, you know, they're they're in cartel like territory, and so they've had to actually fight them off. And like, there's some people that have been killed, like in those communities down there. Oh, that, that's great. Move down there.
1: Well, I know Utah has a huge uh, Mormon population. Yeah. And I know that the current uh, Mormonism, as it currently stands, doesn't promote uh, polygamy, but the old... You know, Mormon uh, religion or whatever that was part of their religion was you know you have lots of different wives yeah, or with, whatever with polygamy
3: over there and Mormonism so popular there I would I would uh, venture to think that probably sixty percent of our population comes from out of there then
1: what do you, what do you mean <laughs> <of> all,
3: the <laughs> <laughs> all the children uh, they have you having yeah, dude yeah. I mean you got three wives you could probably pump out at least 15, 20 kids you know yeah, yeah. I think most Mormons are targeting like ten I think that's like most of their goal it's yeah, yeah. a lot of kids coming well, out well they of that did, state.
1: they did pass the bill that decriminalized polygamy between consenting adults, which to be honest with you, it's weird that we had a law that said it was illegal between consenting adults to begin right. with, and the whole reason for the law in the, in the beginning was, you know, because they had underage marriages, and yes. I honestly think it has more to do with uh, taxes. I honestly think that they want it. they, don't, they, they. There's a lot of. Once you start to open up actual marriage to multiple people, Mm -hmm. you could see how people might take advantage. More money for the state. Yeah, like it would be, they'd start taking advantage of stuff like that. But it's interesting. So that's the only state, though, that would
2: allow
3: polygamy.
1: Um, I don't think they allow people to get married. But I think there it's, I don't think it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's like mushrooms in Oakland, bro. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's not, yeah. They're not going to okay. throw you in prison or for or having de- it. Yeah, it, exactly. So it's, they're not yeah, throwing they're you not, in prison. They're, they're, not, they're not, not promoting it, but yeah. they're not
2: like handcuffing
1: you. Yeah. I don't know if it's, if it's legal. Any, are there states that allow it? Oh no, it's illegal illegal in all fifty states. That's what I thought. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but it's it's decriminalized doesn't mean it's legal. Yeah, that mm. just means it's not a felony or whatever. It was. I before. think really it is to kind of be,
2: because you know how
1: uh, we
2: are so adamant about like not allowing these cults to to come out of you know the woodworks and and I don't know like it, it tends to kind of start. Uh, one these compounds, like we pay a lot of attention to these compounds when you start like isolating yourself and then like everybody's sort of just you know doing their own thing, like the government doesn't like that,
1: yeah, interesting anyway, How was your last um class? Oh it oh, was yeah was yeah, no, it was good
2: um it was interesting because uh like this time it was all about acting and and becoming a character, and uh like there was just so much about it that I was like, man, this is so foreign to me. Like, I'm not like, I don't think like that. Like they're like to be able to portray something and like animate myself with my body, everything. So it was all kind of leading up to this point of, you know, being able to kind of like get in front of people, like have something to say, but now you have to have like some kind of narrative behind it. And then you also have to pantomime, uh, you know, what you're doing. So people understand what you're doing. And so, it was actually really cool. It was like a like totally out of like a normal thing for me.
1: Is this? So. Are you acting in front? Are you going up by yourself, and then you have to do it in front of everybody? Type yeah. Of deal? Well
2: actually that was only one time in the class where you had to get in front and then become like an expert about a subject you didn't know anything about uh, <laughs> which that was terrifying that was probably the most terrifying for me because you know that's a deep rooted you know like fear of mine is like <laughs> getting up there not knowing what you're going to talk about <laughs>
1: oh shit you yeah. know and so but pretending like you do yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: yeah pretending like you do just bullshitting your way through it so but it was actually it was great it, that that had a lot of fun I had a lot of fun doing that but uh, this last part was for you, you, get up there with like three other people, and they're were, they're were trying to actually show like status. So you, we started out with a, a clear example of of like uh, I'm a king or a queen, and you know the rest of of you guys are, are servants, and so like you. you your whole role was to try and please the king or whatever. So they didn't kill you. Mm. And so that it showed like, how did you please the king? <laughs> I juggled <laughs> <laughs> naturally. <you> know, <laughs> what were you juggling?
3: Uh, Airballs. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, was, I, was, I was miming it. So where, where do you, Where how many, first of all, how many people are in the class? Uh there was like 25 people. Is it always 25? Is it always the same 25 Are they different? Yeah, there's just
2: usually one or two
3: that doesn't show up. Okay, but, so uh, wait, this is the same group that you've been going through yeah, this whole time. Yeah, same group. Now, where do you rank?
2: I don't think they have I mean there's no rank.
3: Come like, on, you know your shit, bro. I know no. if I go play basketball with 25 people, where I land, okay. am I like fucking the best, am no. I the worst, am I in the middle? Where are you at? No, I'm
2: like I'm like good on some of the aspects, right? Like some of the stuff that's like like super random where like you have to come up with with a subject or you have to come up with an idea I'm, I'm yeah. really good at that but when it comes to like the acting part like I felt like really clunky and like there was people in there that were like good actors yeah like, they, like I could tell they had like some kind of training you know where they were like uh, they became this other person yeah like totally like out of, like out of nowhere I'm like
3: oh so you're like 11
1: yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. That's fair. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I got I got some strengths. I got some weaknesses. Yeah,
3: well, that's kind of cool, though, that there's actually people that are pretty talented. So, I'm, I mean, I feel like I learn better when I'm watching somebody who's far better at their craft than I am, so I right. can, like, pick up on things that they're doing. Are you learning stuff that way, like, when you see somebody like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. There was, like, little tiny things. Like, you'd
2: start to pay attention to the way that, uh, like, for instance, uh, if, if somebody had a certain way that they walked with their... Gate like like one one leg was they're pretending to be a little bit longer than the other leg and so it like gave him this certain kind of shift and then that like y- gave you a lot more information about the character like oh there was probably something that happened or like you know maybe they were born with some kind of deformity or you know or whatever like they were just doing like little things to add more depth to, to their characters oh, interesting. And, like i was going way too general you uh, know like okay. and i'm like oh shit you could get way more specific like uh, with like how you're 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 portraying yourself,
1: like an accent, yeah, or something like that,
2: yeah, something, just anything. Like you think in uh, in the instructor Jeff, he was great. He was like bringing up all these examples of like, like think about if you were counting in your head to ten. As you were acting and as you're interacting with these other people, how would that affect the way that you interact with these people? Uh. Like if I'm sitting there like consciously trying to count the ten
1: while you're talking, to I'm gonna someone?
2: get irritated with you trying to interrupt me or like tell me something or I'm not gonna listen or you know it's gonna affect my timing or
3: you know, there's just like little things like that that you you you, you sort of take that into account. What do you think has been the most valuable thing that you've taken away? Because you're now on like this is like the what the sixth class or so you've done. Eighth, eighth class. Yeah, I'm I'm done. This is the. Oh, that was the final. That was
2: the the level one. I'm done. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay. So, what was the greatest takeaway of this entire course?
2: I think really it was. There's exercises that are available for you to, uh, you know, be able to really access your right brain uh, more specifically, and, and to 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 be able to react and 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 speak without like getting it all muddied up with with analyzing it. You know, and so I could I could say what's on my mind and then get better at saying what was on my mind before, like being rational about it and like being logical. And, you know, it's really hard to, to um, you know, filter that out, like because we're so conditioned to to everything has to make sense. You know, everything has logic behind it. Everything has to like be structured all the time. And to be more creative and ridiculous is a hard space to get into. A lot so it's of
1: times. like not—it's like learning how to not overly scrutinize yourself when you're communicating. Yes, yeah, that's a big one, which like, is big for me. Yeah, when you talk to people who tend to get anxious uh, when they talk to in social situations or whatever. What they'll often say is, "I'll start a i commun- will start a conversation, and then I'll start listening to myself, have the conversation, and then I get all yes. weirded out I, I or do whatever all the time." Yeah, rather than just having the conversation, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> Acting actors are, are interesting to me. I, I, on one hand really good actors are, are interesting to watch. On the other hand, it's like, I don't trust you because yeah, you're so good I know at pretending. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. yeah. Who are you? you yeah, know do I'm you saying? really know
2: who you are? If you've been like all these characters. So well, often? dude,
1: you ever watch act like famous. You ever watch, um, John Travolta's Instagram.
2: Oh, he's he's bizarre. Fucking awkward. Super. Bizarre. I don't think
1: he knows how to be not like not yeah. act. Like yeah. when you watch him on, you are like, that's weird. But when he acts, he's great. You I know mean. what I mean? It's so weird. Hey
3: there, Instagrammers. Well, something. I a lot of these,
1: a lot of those <laughs> yeah. guys
3: are, are more comfortable being
1: another character than themselves. That's what I am saying. Yeah. You know what I am saying? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 uh, I don't know. Strange stuff. Anyway, what do you guys? What do you guys think about this hand gripper I've been messing with? Is it working? Well, you know what? So so this serves us to, 2 two. I'll put it here so you can see it on camera. There's, there's two values to, to this for me. One, it helps control my ADD because I have terrible distractibility. Yeah. And two, I've been squeezing and messing with a hand gripper now for the past couple weeks. Legit made me stronger, 100%. I go lift weights and I feel like my grip is just solid, way yeah. stronger. So it's just something I mess with. I don't like work out with it. I just squeeze it here and there well, or whatever. Do you know,
3: the co- why don't you reach out and try and see if we can get sponsored by yeah. them?
0: <laughs>
2: no, I know. <laughs> Adam's was like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, now, where's your business brain? Yeah, yeah dude, <laughs> come on, guy. Yeah. Hey,
1: speaking of business, I brought up some macro comparisons for uh, one for our sponsor, um, Magic Spoon. So I'm gonna compare Fruit, oh, fruit Loops. <laughs> oh my God, dude! Tell uh, me, because I, you I guys did, know, I used to, I used to eat bowls of
3: Fruit Loops. So I did this, but I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. It's pretty. This is what got me so hyped about the the
1: product, dude. Yes. Yeah, so, so wait
3: till you. I can't wait to hear the numbers.
1: So this is. So I'm comparing the like Fruit Loops to the fruity cereal, fruity flavored. Yeah. Which is Magic spoon like. cereal, which and it tastes again phenomenal. So. This is now a serving on Magic Spoon and on cereal boxes. By the way, is three quarters of a cup? Just nothing, right? Because yeah. I, I because most people eat what two cups? Yeah, at least? not even
3: a, my my son who's seven months would eat more than that now, dude. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's yeah. nothing, dude. So this is
1: a small, you know, what they would consider serving. But the reality is, most people eat at least. Two cups, or if you like, Justin, a punch bowl. Yeah, uh, of cereal. <laughs> I, I'm totally guilty. So here's the so the macros on Fruit Loops is one gram of protein. Oh,
3: wait, 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 back up. Hold on. Are
1: you doing I just mean, a serving? Just the three quarters of a cup of serving. Of oh, see, I like Fruit to Loops. do.
3: I like to do like what a real bowl of cereal will be like two oh, well, two and a half, you half cups. You want me to do math right now? Uh, never mind. <laughs> Don't <laughs> do <laughs> it. So right. well, it sure. just it's it's, it's it, the, I mean, the bigger the bowl, the more extreme the the discrepancy. Is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and let's be real, True. nobody is pouring a three quarter cup bowl of cereal. You're bare minimum you i mean imagine right now in your head a a two cups uh measuring cup even that's not that big mm-hmm. yeah. most mm-hmm. bowls are at, at least another quarter or a half size of that all so. right all
1: right so i'll start doing a little bit of math here for you okay so uh at least double it you yeah know? so double yeah. what the serving is right three quarters mm-hmm. of a cup so fruit loops would have two grams of protein so two grams of protein and that's not including the milk that's just the cereal Carbohydrates, yes. it would have 40 grams of carbohydrates. Wow. Yeah. And uh about 20 grams of sugar, right? So Whew. Magic Spoon would have 24 grams of protein, which is a you know, milk protein isolate and whey protein isolate, very high quality protein, 16 grams of carbohydrate. So the difference is between 40 grams of carbs and 16. Big difference. Here's the biggest difference: 20 grams of sugar in the fruit loops. Zero, none, zero. Yeah, zero grams of sugar. Did you say two grams of protein for only uh,
2: two? Right, versus twenty-four.
1: Versus twenty-four. Yeah, huge, huge difference in the obviously way more protein in the magic and it tastes bomb and zero. Yeah, what kind of magic? are they doing like legit wizardry what is going yeah. on over there they make it taste know. uh taste that good no,
3: it's it's uh quickly becoming one of the favorite sponsors for yeah. sure and I'm, then
1: and then speaking of of protein um another thing i was uh, i was writing an article on on protein which led me down the path of you know uh you know, studies and articles and whatever and the bottom line is that animal proteins are just generally superior to plant proteins. It's just hands down. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, I know vegans don't like to hear that. I don't but it's, like to hear that. It's totally true. You have to, in order to get the same uh, you know, effects of animal protein, you have to eat a lot more plant protein. If you eat a lot of plant protein, then you can make up for the difference. Don't
3: you also have to have a variety of different uh, sources for plant protein? I was
1: just going to say, but let's say you don't want Animal protein for whatever reason, because nine nine out of ten uh, protein shakes that are animal derived are, are are milk derived, which is nothing wrong with it. Whey protein is extremely high quality, very very good. But if you're intolerant to dairy, like I am, I can't do whey protein, so I have to go with plant protein. In order to maximize the uh, the effects of your plant protein, you want to have a blend. You want to you don't want to have a single source of plant protein. You want to have a combination of plant proteins that complement each other so you have a more balanced amino acid profile Mm. higher amounts of leucine which plant proteins tend to be low in but you can find some plant proteins that are high in leucine lower in other amino acids but then you combine it with other plant proteins that are higher in those missing amino acids so when you have a, a a plant protein blend now you're getting closer to the the benefits of you know animal protein. Now, have
3: they figured out what the like optimal blend looks like, like if it's some flower seed with soy, with what what is Something the algae? Like what is seeds, yeah, yeah? What is like? Do, do we know like what the the best blend is? Or well,
1: is Organifi has a really good blend. If you if you if you message Organifi, you can get you can ask them for an amino acid profile of their of their protein. Um, but they have a really good blend. They they combine, I think, three or four different plant proteins. Maybe Doug can bring it up for me because I don't want to I don't want to miss be misquoted. Um, but they have a really really good blend, and they've done the right uh, the right thing. So again, if you're gonna have a plant protein, because here's what happens: you hear mind pump, and you hear I need to eat you know 0.6 to 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight to reap the benefits of a high protein diet. Well. That's based off of animal protein. Oh wow! When they do those studies, yeah, uh, that's interesting. It's, it's, now, so that means if you're pure plant base, based, you're going to need to be on the higher end of that mm. to to get de, you know to derive a lot of those benefits. Yeah. But if you do a protein blend, then you're closer to the the effects that you'd get from uh you know from plant uh, from
0: uh, animal protein. What is the blend there, Doug? Yeah, it's hard to read here. Uh, they have an image I've seen it before. yeah, they do somewhere It's so organic pea protein, okay. organic quinoa protein, organic pumpkin, seed protein, and then they have some enzymes as well added to it.
1: That's the other thing too. One thing that I like that they did is they added uh, enzymes, which will help the assimilation but pea protein's actually a decent plant protein. It's one of the better ones uh, if you had to pick you know one. They don't have soy in there, which I like. yeah uh, not, ne- not ne- soy is necessarily bad. But, um, soy uh, can have some potential estrogenic. It's a small, you know, small chance of this, but it's still. Some people need to be careful with soy because of the potential estrogenic effects yeah. uh, of soy. So like is eating tons is it, of
2: soy could cause? Typically GMO, or is there like some organic soy that
1: you can, you can get. get? Organic soy, but it's usually GMO. There is. I yeah. thought there wasn't. I yeah. know. I th- most of it's like. I don't GMO. know where you'd find it, I, but I'm sure that there's soy that's non-GMO, but uh, most soy is. I thought I read that that there maybe it was like a high number, like eighty or ninety
3: percent of soy. Yeah, it's was. it's one of the. Yeah, he, uh, Doug
1: found a few of them, but they're not nearly as uh, as as popular. Yeah soy is uh, is one of the top GMO crops right in That's America what I yeah. if, if, not, and- if not if not uh, the what is corn I think yeah it was the other yeah yeah corn is the top. The hey, I
3: wanted to ask you. I don't know if you're okay with talking about this on the podcast. Doug can just edit it if not. Um, where where are you at right now with Hachette? Are you uh, are we? Are oh, you, I are see. You, are you signed still on it? No, when's when's no, the no. book start? When you when you starting to write? Yeah, riot?
1: no, we haven't signed yet. We're just looking. We're still going through on the contract. God, so. what
3: that was a process, huh?
1: Oh yeah. So this is for this is to write a book. I don't know if we should talk too much about it. Uh, um, you know because nothing's been uh, finalized or, or or signed or whatever. But yeah, we're in the process of. Of uh, getting that finalized, and then we'll put out. My pump will put out a book. Oh, exciting! Yeah. Are you excited or what? Yeah, super excited, dude. No, no, I'm excited for yeah, you. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting process. Uh, I've never done that before. Yeah, yeah. you know, I've written blogs. <laughs> 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 those <laughs> can turn into books. Yeah, they say uh, it's right? just like yeah. 500 of those put together. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it's all it is. No big deal. Just oh, slap yeah. a few together. <laughs> but Copy paste. Yeah, the whole process is gonna be interesting. But yeah, the, the process of working with um, publishers is. Uh, you know, we I have an agent that helps with all that. Thank God I do, dude. It's a complicated. Do you
3: Do you think it's more complicated because uh, because of our business, or it, would it be a, Would it be as complicated even if we had no no mind pump? It was just you writing a book, dude. It...
1: I don't know any of the. I don't know. It, it, I, it, I'm we're totally unfamiliar with what that looks like. So imagine going in, signing a contract, and you have zero familiarity with the the space, what that means, what it, what's the standard. How that could potentially impact me, I had no idea. So, working with someone who's experienced uh, was like invaluable. We ought to send
3: Mike a gift for because I know it was Mike's agent that he sent over. Yeah, he recommended somebody to me. Which uh, you have, you've expressed what a a lifesaver that's been. We should should do something nice for Mike just as because that's a that's a solid move. I mean, it sounds like it's going to end up saving you a ton of money. It sounds like it'll also protect the business. Like. A lot of things that maybe you would not have thought of. It's,
1: it, it's interesting, too, because we are a media company and we already have like published content and we'll publish more content. Typically, what publishers will say to somebody is they'll say, we're going to sign you. You're going to write this book. But within this two-year period of the publishing of the book, you cannot produce any other written content that's similar. Which would fuck, our, fuck Which, us. I mean, if I'm writing a book on health and fitness. <laughs> yeah. Like how would that how would that how would that be possible? We're obviously we're going right. to publish you know that's content on yeah. health and fitness, so it was a little bit different I think than, than than you know what normal people would go through or people who don't have a media company right normal, right would go through. Justin, you told me the other
3: day you were uh, you brought up the Astros, the thing that I talked about maybe a couple yeah. weeks back about them cheating, them and
2: cheating, and and so did more come out on this? Yeah, so they basically they kept their title right, like right. their their World Series title, and this is something that's like sort of aggravated like the entire league you know that they're able to keep their title and everything and so uh Aubrey Hoff uh, you know retired baseball uh player w- w- like came out and i think it was on like TMZ or whatever and was starting to he was he was basically saying that they should they should wear bulletproof vests going up to to bat that you know they're going to be in for like like getting beamed almost every every pitch i just read
1: an article on this i think six of them have been hit Already,
2: yeah. So like, they're thinking that this is just gonna keep continuing like the whole season. Like, and he was saying that like half joking, but half like serious. Like, you know what? Like, like they're not like okay with you guys like, you know, openly cheating and then getting away with it, and also like maintaining your title. Oh, oh I didn't God. know that didn't, is so
3: funny. I did not know that was happening.
1: So they're so they're getting hit on purpose. Because they cheated. So the pitchers are like targeting them. Yeah, they're like, fuck you. No way. (laughs) And I get
2: it. And the thing is, there's been waves of different types of cheating. But then, you know, people get punished for it. They move on. You know, it's like. It's an understanding that, like, what you can get away
1: with, you can get away with. But then, once you get caught, you have to own that you got caught.
3: Well, that's okay. So, this is such a uh, look
1: at this article that in USA Today, the the Houston Astros could challenge the record for most hit by pitches in a season. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's crazy.
1: Hey, that's what you get. A hundred mile an hour fastball is coming at you. I mean,
3: (laughs) this subject's a little nuanced, right? Because sure, for uh, forever. Um, in baseball, you've been trying to steal signs yep. and that and that's a part of the game it's a total fair part of the game if you are uh, on second base, uh, and you can catch the sign that the catcher is, tell, is throwing the pitcher, you are doing your best to give a sign yes. to your batter to let him know, yo, change up He is brought coming. that up, too, and that was
2: like an understanding they had. It's like, if you can hack, you know, like if you're on second base, you can see what those signs are. That was understood, but like this was using technology now, Well, and which that's, they have a problem with.
3: Exactly. So it's like they're kind of the first ones to really hack it with technology, which this, this is very similar to uh, the trouble that the patriots got in you know yeah. s- stealing the plays from i mean they had they were using i think they had like cameras that were video recording you know, other football teams plays. <laughs> yes. But I mean, since the beginning of time, that used to be I mean your goal that's was the game, yeah. yeah. the game was to try and get it. and if you had an inside man or you knew somebody, I mean, that's part of the game. So
1: now in the past, has have they ever done before we had like these cameras did they did anybody ever use binoculars and the out in the, in the, yeah. in the yeah. audience yeah. or whatever?
3: Of course all these things have been have, have been messed yeah. with. That's why it's kind of this you know how do you how do you punish them and i'm not by no means am i defending the patriots or defending the astros for using technology to cheat yeah. but i do understand as a league how you can't strip them of their title because this hasn't happened yet, and you haven't laid down the law for it. And honestly, yeah. it's always been kind of a,
2: It's been an unspoken thing, a yeah. part of the part of the game. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: that's hilarious. I know. And now, and so this is kind of like uh, this, but you know, this is like this is justice. Right? This is free market. This yeah. is
3: what I like. You know, let the market correct itself. I'm not gonna, they're gonna, gonna your, regulate gonna, by beaming yeah. the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna get their ass <laughs> beamed every fucking day. Say, Punishment. Yeah. We don't need authorities to come in and make more rules and yeah. shit like that. Don't worry. This gonna scare the shit yeah, out of everybody. The yeah. players will handle this just fine. Yeah. Handle it, self regulate. <laughs> yeah,
2: so there you go. like
3: that.
0: Quee has MAPS Quas. Today's quads is brought to you by Maps Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Maps Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30 day money back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpromedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Quee qua. First question is from Cyprian Bolin. How often do you use supersets and what muscle groups do you use them with? Are there any groups that are better suited to supersetting or is it good to mix them around every now and then?
1: Oh, great question. You know, supersets have been a bodybuilding staple for a quite a long time, I think they achieved a lot of their popularity in the 70s during the golden era of bodybuilding. This is when you had uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger was dominating uh, that whole scene. So the idea behind a superset essentially is you do two exercises back to back. That's the right. the breakdown of a superset. Cut the rest in between. But there's there's a lot of value in, in different ways to do supersets. So that's like generally what they mean. But I like to personally use supersets as ways to combine a compound movement with an isolation movement to target a particular body part. So a good example would be supersetting bench press with flies, flies, right? So I did the bench press first. That's my compound movement. Then I go to flies to really hammer out and squeeze the pecs or reverse, do the flies first, then do the bench press. That's known as a pre-exhaust superset. The, The main benefits I see of them, honestly, it all boils down to getting an insane Pump, yeah, getting lots of blood uh, to the muscle. Uh,
3: I th- it's a tool. I think there's a place for it. Uh, I think it's a great, uh, a great way to build volume into your program. Uh, but I also think that you should scale up to it. So if I'm if I'm following like a a strength based program where I'm running like a five by five, I want to run that and I want to slowly start to add volume. When I get to a place where in an hour workout. I'm I'm starting to max out. Like I'm moving from exercise to exercise. I've been doing that over the last six months. This is where I like to start to add things like supersets so I can build more volume into the workout versus I'm a new lifter or I haven't been lifting for a long time. I just start getting into it. I'm listening to Mind Pump. They talk about the benefits of supersets. So all of a sudden I'm throwing supersets into my workout. It's an advanced technique. Mm-hmm. And it also it lends itself better with hypertrophy training. So you know, because you're going to fatigue the muscle, you're going to get this massive pump. If I'm strength training, uh, and like I said, like a five by five type of block, uh, I see less value in and doing supersets. I see more value when I move into the ten to fifteen rep range and I'm chasing the pump, I'm chasing hypertrophy. Then it makes more sense to throw supersets into the routine. You
1: can abuse them just like any other thing. I, I see. This is the, the the bad side is I've seen uh, people who. All, all they're focused on is hypertrophy. All they're focused on mm-hmm. is body sculpting. And that's all their routine consists of. I was it's, guilty of this. It's addictive.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I was guilty of this. And I, I think so are a lot of uh, bodybuilders. Yeah, like, so, You
1: won't get results. You won't continuously get results from them.
3: Yeah, and it, it gives you this artificial feeling that you're getting results because you get a massive pump.
2: Yeah, you get all aired up and so you think that this is like the go-to every time. I want to walk out of the gym feeling nice and big and puffed up and the, you know it provides that that feeling for sure. I've also used it too like if you want to go like biceps to triceps or you want to yes. do something like that in terms of not hitting the same muscle group but now you're hitting opposing muscle groups, another valid way.
1: To yeah, use. now the why, the reason why I like to do that is because of the feel. I I don't know if it necessarily has any ev- Value makes you it, look big on Instagram. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Before I do any pictures, I do lots of guilty. Adam yeah. called me yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, no, but but seriously, so Arnold loved doing a a, a chest to back superset. So he would do this one. He was famous for it. He would go bench press to pull ups. So lats to chest. Now I don't know if there's any necessarily any muscle building benefits, but there's a, a great feel benefit. And I'll make this argument all day long. The feel you get from your workouts contributes to your progress as well. If I start to enjoy the feeling of, of my workout and what I'm doing, I'm probably going to have better workouts. I'm probably going to have better focus. Here's the other thing with supersets. They taught me how to prime my body before I even knew what priming was all about. I'll, give you, I'll tell you guys a story. When I was a kid working out, one of the hardest body parts for me to feel early on was my lats. It was really hard. I would do pull-ups, and I would do rows, and I would just get a pump on my biceps and my forearms. And it was really hard for me to feel anything happening in my lats. Part of it was because they were underdeveloped. I was a kid. The other part of it is I had no idea how to connect to them because they're on the back of my body, mm-hmm. don't know what they're supposed to feel like. So then I read this this book by Mike Menser called Heavy Duty. And he talks about uh, pre-exhaust supersets where you do an isolation movement for a body part and then you go to a compound movement. And the, the whole concept of it was you pre-exhaust. For example, we use the bench press fly example. When I do a bench press and I go to, let's say I go to failure, the muscles that may fail before the target muscle or the chest, that might get in the way of me progressing. If I fail on bench press, maybe it's my shoulders and my triceps that give out, not my chest. So how do I maximize the effect on my chest? I know I could pre-exhaust the chest by doing flies first, then going to the bench press. Now I'm going to pre-exhaust. Now they've done studies on this, and there's pre-exhaust. There's some debate as to whether or not there's that, that, there's any value to what I just said, hmm. but there is value to this. So I couldn't feel my lats. I just say there is if you feel it. Yes, yeah. yes. So I, I read this book. I did uh, lat. I did pullovers, dumbbell pullovers first, isolates lats. Then I did pull ups. First time in my f- in my life, I felt my lats I had a pump. From that day forward. I could connect to my lats when well, I Well, If you've been exercise.
3: training for a long time, you know this is like a great secret. If you get a client that uh, wants to develop their butt, mm-hmm. right? Common, uh, common one that you get as a trainer, and they they don't feel it though. Oh, Adam, every time I do squats, every time I do deadlifts, I feel it in my quads, I feel it in my hamstrings, but my butt just doesn't get pumped. It doesn't get sore. So one of the best things that you can do with a client like that, because we know we've talked about this before, that. Squats and deadlifts are some of the best movements that you can do to build the butt. The problem with that is getting the butt to move and work and fire the way you want it to if, you, if you're not connected or you can't feel it. So I'll take a client over and we'll do floor bridges, single leg or both feet on the ground and actually get a pump in their butt or a pre-exhaust, like Sal's talking about, and then go over and do squats. Now they feel it. And they feel it more. Whether the the studies show that they build more of a butt from that or not, doesn't matter if the client can connect and feel the butt better. It's going to benefit them squatting if they're trying to develop their butt. Yeah, because
1: then you start – what ends up happening is now you squat and you can feel the glutes, and so you squat a little bit differently. Now you're activating the target muscle better – I think that has tremendous value. Unfortunately, the studies that that, that do that, Adam, they don't do them long enough. Yeah. I think you need to follow people for a year... With pre-exhaust techniques and that's when you're gonna it see. It only makes
2: sense, man. If you gain access now to that pathway, you can recruit, you know, more muscle fibers at, at that point. Like there's gotta be a way to to you know to, to to study and prove the the fact that like once we actually can highlight and activate, you know, certain muscle groups, like now like having that access, I can like increase that.
1: Totally. And so where will you find supersets in our programs? You'll find supersets in our body shaping, body building. Uh, type of routines. You know, the routines that really focus on when you know when you're trying to shape and sculpt right. and build. Aesthetic, split, PED, so, all have them. Yeah, map split. Map split has lots of supersets towards the end. Because typically the way our programs work is there's different phases and different focuses. When you're focusing on strength and building strength, which also is very important, mm. no supersets. Yeah. But when you get to the end, now we're progressing to these supersets and you'll find the last phase is full of these pump inducing supersets and we do it that way man the
0: results are just, are just crazy. Next question is from Connor Alex Smith can you explain how to take advantage of using angles when lifting? Good questions, Justin. Yeah, so you guys like this? Yeah, 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 No, is there any nutrition today? Nope. No, no. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think about cheese? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was looking for the barbecue sauce question. Yeah. It wasn't no, there. No, so, um, so angles. So, okay, I'm going to try and explain this uh, b- both in how you, you would understand it in terms of results, but also how it works. So, results wise, here's the bottom line. Training body parts with different angles of pull, uh, different uh, periods of of, of or points of tension Mm -hmm. is going to give you better results than if you just do the same thing all the time. That's just a fact. Okay. You ask any trainer or coach who's been working with people for a long time. That's just the bottom line. Now, how does it work? Well, if you imagine your bicep, we'll focus on that because that's an easy one to understand. If I'm doing a, a dumbbell, standing dumbbell curl, so I have a free weight dumbbell. When I curl the dumbbell up, let's say it's a 35-pound dumbbell, I'm not directly opposing 35 pounds until my hand is about parallel to the ground. Right at the halfway point. Right, because that's where the where I'm fighting gravity directly, right? From from there up, it's a little easier. And from the bottom to the midpoint, I'm pushing, you know, I'm kind of curling the 35 out and up. And once I get to that midpoint, now it's max tension. So my bicep is achieving max tension about halfway through. It's full contraction. And when you look at muscle fibers and the way they, they contract, they slide along each other and they attach in order to, as, as they're sliding, they, they, they attach to each other to, to create tension. Mm-hmm. So maximum tension in a dumbbell curl is in the midpoint of contraction. That's great. Now, what about a concentration curl? Now I'm bending over. Now I'm opposing gravity directly when my bicep is fully contracted. Now I get max tension at the squeeze. What about a preacher curl? Now the max tension is in the more stretched position. So that's one example of how angles will hit muscles differently, creating different points of tension, and, and that's why you get better right. results.
3: And it's really the, the novelty of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, more than anything else, right? More than the the degree of the angle or the specific exercise, it's the novelty of it. I mean, when you do something over and over, that our, our bodies, they're, they're adaptation machines. Yep. Eventually, they get adapted to whatever it is that you're doing, and then the results, the change that you get from that, starts to diminish. One of the easiest ways to keep that progress happening is by manipulating angles and things like that. Sure, it's not... That where, where it gets wrong and where there's like all this debate argument is when people try and make the case that, oh, this is working the peak of the bicep, or right. this is what makes the, the, the round part of your bicep, or this is the... No. <laughs> uh, you know, when they start saying that you're targeting... A, here's the thing. It's impossible to isolate one muscle okay our our, bo- our bodies all work together so you can't even isolate one muscle much less a part of a muscle. So that never happens. Like Everything's working together. But you can target a muscle differently so that it seems new. This is different. I'm pulling from a different direction. Even though I've done a curl, a bicep curl here, I've done that a, a hundred times, doing it with my elbow up above my head and curling, it's still a curl. The bicep's still work. All of the bicep is still working. But because it's novel and it's different, it's a new stimulus and then that we get that new adaptation which is yeah. going to help you progress
2: now biomechanics still applies so there are like like angles that you know aren't Aren't very effective, you know, for certain muscle groups, and they're not going to activate and stimulate that. So, like keeping that in mind in terms of you know keeping your your elbow, for instance, in in the same pathway. But now I'm raising it up or I'm lowering it, but I'm not bringing it way outside and flaring it out. There's there's certain points of, of where you know that makes sense. Like, well,
3: I'm, yeah, and the the rules of physiology and anatomy still apply. It still applies. Right. to the point. And an, an easier example for somebody is um, a tricep pushdown. If you do a tricep push down uh, on a cable machine and you do it with a triangle, a rope, a straight bar, a reverse grip, yes. all the same. You're, the, yeah, the, the the
1: physics is still yeah. like I'm yes. pushing the this elbow down. is still in the yeah. same position. Yes, tension points are still in the position. Yeah. Slightly different. Is it enough of a novel signal to 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 cause any change? Probably not. Yeah. Right. Probably not. Right. Now here's the other thing too. Let's, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, different points of tension. Well, what if I just use a cable? What if I use a cable which gives me the same weight throughout the whole range of motion? Do angles still matter? They do because then it depends on what position the muscle is in when it's pulling or contracting. So now my elbow in front of me, side to me, uh, behind me, whether I'm pulling the, the weight with the, each of those positions, because the position is different, it's still considered novel. So angles are important. Now here's where people get in trouble, and, and Justin Kind of touched on this. People think, "Oh, this is great! I'm going to get crazy. I'm going to do all kinds of weird right. and crazy stuff." Yeah. Look, you could use all the, sideways now. You could use all the angles you want for your quads, and, and all those angles aren't going to be as effective as squats. It's just straight up, you know, loaded barbell squats. You know, you could do all the angles in, in the world uh, for your shoulders, but you know, overhead shoulder press is going to be the king of all exercises. It's just one factor. Angles is one factor. It's an important one. But you don't want to get caught up because I've seen this where people go to the. Gym. No, this is a good point. This yeah. is uh,
3: this is really common right now in the you know the Instagram world we live in, where yeah. you know these popular bodybuilders, who what people fail to realize, these amazing physiques that we follow and idolize, these these guys and girls, they have they've covered all the bases. They're doing all the the major good lifts. They're consistent as shit. Their diet is dialed. They haven't taken a day off in five years. And then you see him do like a sideways chest press on a hammer strength machine. And you think, oh my God, he looks this way. He's doing that. I should be doing this also, or I'm going to incorporate that. Now he can get away with doing a a lesser valuable exercise because he's doing so much other stuff. And that's where you got to be careful is where you're at in your lifting career. If you know, do not replace a sideways chest press uh, for your your barbell bench press, I mean, get your get your good compound big lifts and be consistent. Get great at those. See progress in all those. Yeah, if you're training six seven days in the gym and you've been lifting for years and years and you want to get creative and add different uh, exercise in there, th- then there's some value to that. But don't don't do that, uh, you know, in to replace something that has got a much higher value.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah. and it's you know I know it can be confusing. You know if you're if you're listening, you're like gosh, there's so many exercises to pick from. There's so many different angles, so many different ways to alter tension. Um, And I get that. It is very complicated and there is a hierarchy of exercises and and there is a way to combine different tension points to give you better results. If it's complicated or too complicated for and you want the the guesswork taken out, then just follow an established program. I mean, we obviously have created a lot of really good programs. And so we've done that, right? We've done that for you. We've plugged in the right exercise, the right
0: combinations to take advantage of all these different factors. Next question is from Ethan Schlemmer. What are your favorite exercises to increase a person's sense of balance? I think this is especially important for trainers working with older age adults.
1: Oh, I love this. This is another great question. Um, So number one, the most important thing that will benefit your balance is to be strong it's yep. number 1. So when you're working with old I used to, I worked with a lot of people in advanced age and I would, you know, they would they would sometimes they would come in and they would have maybe have gone online or their you know, their 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 daughter brought them in to hire me and then the, the daughter said, "Hey, I went online and there's all these like foot balancing exercises, standing on one leg, whatever." And I'm like, "Look, your mom is just weak right now." Yeah. The reason why her balance is bad is she's just not strong. So every time she takes a step, everything feels weak and shaky. Number one, get strong. That's number one. such a strong, good point. Because yeah.
2: that is the the natural tendency, especially for trainers, is to now incorporate these unstable type tools, you know, and, and incorporate that or the single leg, single arm, and and really try to, to you know to, to challenge the client that way. Whereas it really is just instability. It's it's lack of strength and and support around, you know, the joint. So to, to be able to get that, you need to really work on just
3: purely strength training. Totally. So I have a, I'm going to give this person an exercise. Funny that you picked this, Justin, literally uh, last week, I'm talking to a client of mine uh, and she's in her fifties and we, we were doing something and I actually made a point. I said, listen, at one point in our lives, we'll probably be in different places and uh, we won't have the opportunity to train together. This may be the single most important exercise I want you to do forever. And that was a step up. To a single leg balance, to an opposite hand toe touch. Oh, and
1: I did that exercise so many times with th- clients.
3: That that exercise I like for a lot of reasons. We talk about the importance of strength. A step up. Uh, is such a great strength-building exercise, Mm -hmm. especially as we age. It's a a quick one we lose. The balance and stability portion, obvious reasons why that's important, proprioception and then stability, right? And Especially with the hip, right? The hip and the glute, making sure they're being able to stabilize on one leg and that. And then the the hinging over with the opposite hand, you get a little bit of rotational and anti-rotational movement in there. So the you you cover you cover multiple planes, you throw in some strength, you have some stability. And my point I was making to her I said, of all the things I teach you that is important, and I say a lot of things are important, you know, this is an exercise that you can really do on your own at home, and you know it's a good way for you to gauge that you're not losing this. Don't lose this ability to be able to step up, balance, opposite hand, come over and touch your toe like that and be able to do at least 10 or so on each side really good. That's
2: a great point. I think too, like you have to consider like what the functional movements are for your daily activities, like in what you're doing around the house, what you're lifting, you know, like how can we support you and and gain balance in those movements? And a lot of times people are in in a split stance position, you know, very rare are we, you know, bilateral, and we're standing nice and balanced all the time. So uh, that's definitely one thing I consider, and, and I bring in lunges and I bring in uh, step ups and things like that to to make sure that yes, the, you know, your your hips and, and your major muscle groups are you know responding and and, and pulling in and, and centralizing uh, your balance that way.
1: Now, there's, there's here's another part that I recently got my mind uh, changed uh, uh, by uh, Joe Defranco who I consider to be one of the best uh, trainers you'll find uh, in the fitness space. And uh, he made the point of the value of plyometrics training for everybody. Mm-hmm. And Of course, there's a, there's a range of plyometrics training. Yes. So you have the extreme performance type of plyometrics training. Then you have the more easy kind of general just like jump in place type of plyometrics training. And he made such a good point, And I felt I, I knew exactly what he was talking about because – Before he came in uh, to be on our podcast, this was a while ago, before we talked about this, I was helping my dad unload his working van. He had some stuff in the back, and and my dad has a bad back, so I'm unloading stuff. To get out of the back of the van, I just had to jump out. It's not a high jump. It's a work van, so it's like jumping out of the back of a truck. And I remember I landed and it just I I didn't land very well. I told you about that
3: when it happened to me, remember (laughs) jumping out of my
1: truck. Oh, so you know, exactly. Land on eggshells, guys. I just landed, I'm like, and I'm like, whoa, this doesn't and I'm strong. I work out. Yeah. So Joe DeFranco comes in and I'm asking him about about plyometrics for the average person. He goes, Yeah, you know, you can be strong. That'll give you that first initial general balance. But then you need to be able to express it if you like twist or jump or that's why you should practice at least some type of plyometrics. So if you're advanced lifter or you're pretty fit and you don't think you need to work on balance, uh, I'll challenge you, even just jumping in place or jumping on a bench or just jumping yeah, or down left off to the right. bench. Yeah. yeah, just practicing, because if you don't practice that skill, trust me, you lose it. No.
0: Next question is from Anahata Lifestyle. What do you think young people in their 20s need to hear about training and nutrition? What are their biggest misconceptions? Misconceptions. Easy there, Doug.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I butchered that one.
1: So what? Okay. So people in their 20s.
3: I got to think of myself. What do we think they need to hear as far as training and nutrition, and what are their biggest misconceptions? I think one of the biggest misconceptions in your twenties right now, and I and I think it's something. It's not new. You've heard this on a mind pump a million times. Uh, it's the over-application of intensity. Yeah. Uh, everybody on Instagram is is making a martyr of themselves uh, to show their sacrifice. Right. How bad do you want it? If you care bad enough, four a.m. clock in. Yeah, exactly. Or showing pictures of your watch at four a.m. every day in beast mode and all. And so we've overglorified the value and the benefits of intensity to the point where. Everybody thinks that in order to get a very effective workout, you've got to be hobbling out of the gym the next day or done. And the reason why that – it works when you're 20 and you can do that and you can kind of like go up, you know, the yo-yo back and forth. Oh, I'm on and I'm crushing it for a while, then I'm off. And I'm on and I'm crushing it for a while, then I'm off. And then eventually you get older and you go like – you. what ends up happening to these 20-year-olds 20, 20 years later – is they recall what they the way they were training in their 20s and they, they
2: try and duplicate
3: it. They either try and duplicate it or they just write it off. Fuck that. Yeah, I'd rather be a can't little, do it now. Yeah, I'd rather just accept the dad bod and just, you know, forget I don't want to exercise. I mean, I have friends that were like this because even in our era there was an Instagram that was promoting this but the the athletic mindset like we we all train like we are professional athletes and training mm-hmm. to be healthy and aesthetically fit is totally different than a wide receiver for the NFL. And you have no business, nor do you need to train that way. But that's what's sexy that's what's sexy on Instagram. So I think yeah. the kids in their 20s that are that listen to this podcast need to evaluate who they're following and the message that they're presenting. And what I see a lot of is the overapplication of intensity. Yeah, I a hundred percent
2: agree with that. And I'll add to that in terms of I think that that sleep is definitely mm. with the 20 year old uh, mindset is is definitely an afterthought and I and I think that the biggest sort of awakening I've had in terms of the way that I am able to still progress is you know like getting better quality sleep and, and being able to be fully recovered and allow my body to actually repair and, and rebuild itself that that's such a vital component to building muscle and to, you know, thriving and being healthy and operating, you know, all systems of the body. And so I think that it's definitely undervalued when you're young. You just think that you can just keep going and hammering your way through like everything. And, you know, sleep is something that you'll get to eventually.
1: Yeah. Now now I'm gonna I'm gonna balance that out a little bit because I, you guys are hundred percent right, but I'm gonna balance it out and I'm gonna say this if there's any point in your life where you where it's uh, appropriate to test your limits <laughs> <Yeah>. and to <laughs> see... No joke. No don't Sal. Yeah. If there's ever a time in your no, life where you can work as much as you possibly can just to see where your limits are, push yourself hard to see where your limits are. Don't hurt yourself. But just to see what you're capable of, your 20s, is the time to do it. That's when you... If, you, if you're going to work 80 hours or 150 hours a week or whatever, go for it. If you're going to work out two or three times a day... Okay, go ahead and test it out. If you're going to drink with your buddies and whatever, that's the time you want to test out your limits. Totally fine. Of course, be safe. The real lesson, in my opinion, from the 20s is this, is that uh, be growth-minded because it doesn't last forever. Hmm. It's okay to learn your limits, but then learn how to fine-tune everything and be okay with changing as your life changes, as things change context changes, you have to be okay with letting that go because I know a lot of people who get stuck. They get so stuck in that mind space that now they're 30 or 40, they have kids, and no, 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 no. I'm still going to be like I was in my 20s. They burn themselves out. They get sick. They hammer their metabolisms. They get injured. That's where the problems uh, really lie. Yeah, I
2: th- I, yeah, and I think that that raises a good point. But also, I think they could do a better job of being able to push themselves, but finding themselves back at homeostasis. Like, yeah, and I think that that doesn't even get considered uh, when you're in the mentality of like I'm just going to hammer through work. I'm going to hammer through these workouts. Like I'm, you know, I'm just not going to sleep. And then later, it builds like really bad habits, like going forward. It so, does.
1: You get used to it, and you think that that's how you're always going to be, or you cause uh, long-term, potentially long-term damage. I mean, I would have clients that would come see me in their mid-30s, and they're so burnt out that it would take me a year, no joke, it would take me a full year of scaling down exercise, getting better sleep, looking at their nutrition. After a year, their body finally started responding because it took us that long to repair what happened before. Or it was somebody in their 20s who they could eat whatever they want, they had a fast metabolism, now I have them in their 30s and they've got four food intolerances. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have you know irritable bowel syndrome or yeah. you know inflammatory. They're not indestructible. Totally. So you can definitely push yourself, but you got to listen to your body and be smart about it. But again, if you're going to test yourself and see where those limits are, that's probably uh, the time to do it. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download all of our guides and resources. Also, find us on Instagram. You can find Justin at mindpumpjustin.